Hello and welcome to Eyes to the Left, the Lua Politics regular podcast. My name is Jason Beattie, I'm Head of Politics at the Daily Mirror and I'm joined today by Kevin Maguire, Executive Editor of Politics, uh, my colleague Nicola Bartlett and Jen Williams, a special guest appearance from the Manchester Evening News. We've just been listening to Jeremy Corbyn's leader's speech in Brighton. And we're now going to digest and talk around what we've heard and what we thought of it and what else we liked at the party conference here. Uh, so, Corbyn, I thought it was quite a long speech, but it was a very confident speech, transformed from two years ago. This is a man looking much more comfortable in his own skin and comfortable with his ideas. Uh, and, Kevin, what was the highlight for you? I think it's got to be that he does think he's a Prime Minister in waiting and he could do it. If it's an early election, he probably would win it. His problem is getting that early early election. But when he talks about Labour being the mainstream now, of course, he means the centre of politics has shifted his way and it has gone left because people are fed up with austerity. They're no longer going to tolerate poorly living standards. They want better public services. And he can deliver that while Theresa May just looks like a beached whale. She's incapable of doing She's going to get a kicking next week at the Tory conference in Manchester over Brexit and just about everything else, she's, you know, she's going to be out of office at some point, while Corbyn is on the rise. Total command now of his party, he's got a better grip on the machine, and the, the members are more enthusiastic about him than they ever were about Tony Blair. I know, it was really fascinating. You, you picked on, I thought, was the key phrase of the whole speech, we are now the political yeah. mainstream. He's not trying to take Labour to the centre ground, he's asking the centre ground to move to Labour. It's a bold gamble, this, though. You know, we've had years of Blair, you know, trying to say, you know, we've got to move towards the Tory territory. He's saying, we're not doing any of that. We're not, we're not ducky and diving. This is what we believe in. Yeah, but he's incapable of changing, really, because he, you know, he believes what he believes, and he's believed it for 40 years. But it's interesting, if you, go, you go to the last election and you look at the proposals, which were going to be the biggest increase in taxes since 1945, uh, the biggest uh, extension of public spending since 1945, and yet Britain would have still only been about Canada, yep. <laughs> if you look at it in terms of spending uh, and, and taxation. So it sounds really bold, but it's, it's actually only particularly bold. And that manifesto, I, I suspect it was compared to say Harold Wilson's, never mind Clement Attlee's, wouldn't, wouldn't look so good. And it's because Britain has been pushed so far to the right, mm. and going all that way through Thatcher, then Major, then Blair and Brown, only a few corrections, and then you had Cameron coming in. Whatever he talked about, his fuzzy trees and so on, he, he was actually very, very right-wing Cameron. Yeah. And what, um, Nicola, what, what did you think of the, the way he kind of took the attack to the Tories right at the beginning of the speech? I think he looks much more confident than we've seen Corbyn in the past on the back of that uh, election uh, results. Um, they keep reiterating that they didn't win, but I think there's a few people around this conference hall who kind of feel like maybe they did. Yeah, that has been the thing we didn't dare say. <laughs> but we're all very, very jubilant, very upbeat, very enthusiastic, uh, but you don't really want to break it to them at some point, <laughs> actually because of this were the largest party. Yeah, I don't want to burst, quite burst their bubble just yet, but I think... He was very uh, keen on presenting this message of unity uh, about a united party, which obviously is, it, is a huge contrast to last year's conference um, when the atmosphere was, was completely different, much more fractious. Um, and he, he was almost kind of teasing May with this idea that we're united and you are actually the party that, that are having spats and have a divided cabinet. 
um, and actually focusing on her weaknesses, which in the past Corbyn has not been as good uh, as honing in on uh, what's wrong with the Tories. He's been more keen on just reiterating some of these positions that he's had, as you say, for, for 40 years. And I thought he was very cute where he turned May's slogans on her. So he turned mm. the strong and stable on her, he turned the magic money tree on her. I think it would be quite uncomfortable for them. Jen, what about you? Do, do you, you know, how do you think that go down with your readers in Manchester? Will they, will they like it? Uh, I imagine that they probably will like quite a lot of what was in that. Um, I think the problem is that he doesn't need to win Manchester, um, and it comes back to the same thing that we had at the election. Um, you know, we've got five Labour MPs in the city, ninety-five out of ninety-six councillors Labour and a Labour mayor. So they don't need to. They don't need to win votes in Manchester. They need to win votes in other places. So if we go up, let's take into Lancashire or down to Cheshire. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, exactly. Or, or um, yeah, I mean, really, you'd have to go off my patch because it's so heavily Labour in Greater Manchester. But I think it does. Um, I, I, for me, the key part of the speech was when he talked about centre ground um, having shifted. I think the question is how far the centre ground has shifted, um, and I guess that'll be texted next time we have an election, won't it? Yeah. Um, and do you think the Conservatives will be worried about that speech? Well, the elements I thought which were fascinating the way, you know, he talks about public servants, you know, they kind of, you know, we understand, we don't just understand what, well, we understand their value. It's a line a Conservative Prime Minister or leader could never say, probably. I have a text from a Tory MP who's just binned me for dinner in Manchester at their conference. This is live, I think. It is Kevin. live. This is good. And, and, <laughs> but, um, I made the point, you know, Labour, Labour triumphalism, what will that mean for you? And he says, looking at the MP's WhatsApp uh, link, I think Corbyn and Cool have had quite a healing effect this week. The danger is real, so the self-indulgence is stopping. Let's see if they stick to it, Air. I mean, let's see if they stick to it. He's own side. He's a loyalist MP, he's got an influential position on the 1922 committee. And you can see, actually, they'll be watching Labour and as you know, Corbyn presents himself as that Prime Minister in, in waiting, they will think, do we want that to happen? They will they will bribe and they will mm. bung and they will battle not to have that election, mm. which Labour would win. And Labour has no way yet of getting the Tories out because of that 13-seat majority with the, the billion given to the DUP. If you got, I suppose, seven defections or you had seven by-election wins, you could do it that way. But otherwise, it's, it's Labour can come here again next year, all of it's in Liverpool, and they can say, we're on the verge of it. They might be on the verge of it the year after that. But it's hard to keep it going for so long if the Tories are just limpets and they just cling to power. Maybe we're making a complete hash of it, being totally useless, may not be able to do much. But they now take him as a serious threat. Exactly. And they discounted him before the election. And that, and that makes you a bit more loyal on your own side. Because you know if you rock the boat, you might sink it, and then he sails in the downstream. Just, just coming back to the speech, it was quite long by modern standards, kind of, you know, one hour, 15 minutes. I know that's not, you know, kind of a 19th century, they did speeches of three or four hours, and we're used to ones of about 50 minutes, so we thought it was a little bit longer. Yeah. But um, was there any kind of part beyond the kind of positioning? Was there any kind of bit of real kind of substance which jumped out at you? The stuff around social cleansing regeneration was really interesting. So, so what did you say on this? So um, I'm, I'm actually slightly unclear on the policy detail, exactly what it is that he's proposing, but he seems to be saying that the government would stop councils from just allowing rampant redevelopment in the way that they, you know, that, that in some places like Manchester City Centre, for example, it's huge amounts of regeneration uh, going on. And he talked about regeneration being abused as a term. 
um, and that it leads to social cleansing and gentrification and people, tenants being forced out and so on and so on. So he suggested that the government would, um, would intervene to... Uh, to stop that and could veto um, that kind of development. I don't quite understand what is Labour. Well, it is, and Labour councils have been doing this. They say, all right, you're in Duff housing, we're going to knock down that block, we're going to redevelop the area, but they move you out. Yeah. And what he's saying, you've got to be rehoused in the area. It's very pertinent in London too. A lot of people in the Grenfell area who've lost their homes in the, in the tower, they do not want to be, be moved out. It's one of the reasons they're not yeah. accepting alternative I, accommodations. You have your, your kids in schools, you have all your community mm. networks. And it's, he's, he's challenging his own side on that. He's challenging his own side. Although, actually, I would add, actually, talking to an, MP, an MP the other night who was saying that Manchester's always had a like-for-like like replacement uh, thing, you know, policy. So I, what, I think what confused me slightly was he started talking about regeneration. Well, regeneration is a much bigger term than just housing estates. So I think that's why I'm kind of a bit confused by it. But I think that was new. Yeah. I, I also thought Grenfell was probably, <coughs> for me, the, the second most interesting element of a speech because it was the kind of... It was a high risk because it's a sensitive issue and the opponents would say you're exploiting mm -hmm. it, but I think he was right to do it, this is my personal opinion, mm -hmm. because it is a vindication of all he's been campaigning rent for, against for so many years. You know, the lack of regulation, the kind of exploitation by the private sector, the indifference to inequality, these people who haven't had a voice. And, it, you know, all of Corbyn's policy platform is based on trying to kind of rectify the issues exposed by Grenfell. Mm. But I could see the sensibility behind it, but I think he did it quite well. Mm. And I think he was right to rate it. To me, Grenfell is probably the most significant political event of the year. I think, I think anyone who ever accuses him of playing politics with Grenfell has been very political themselves. Yes, because there are so many political mm. implications for what was happening to people in those blocks who were ignored. And you saw all the warnings, it's a death trap, we're going to going to be fires, we're going to be in trouble, ignored, ignored, ignored. And I suppose coming right down to the root of Corbyn is to give people more power, more control, more money. What he's trying to say, I'm going to, I want to empower you. Working people have just been told, like it or lump it, and that is it. And he's trying to change it. It's a he tried to turn society upside down. He is. And completely redistribute it's power. It's the most mild-mannered revolution I've ever come across. Well, he right? is. He's, 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 he's bearded, he's polite. Uh, you'd, you'd never hear him swear, but uh, God, blimey. If he ever did get into number 10, it would, it would be on a par with what Attlee did in, in, yeah. in a way, wouldn't it? In, in, the, in the big changes. Yeah, and on Brexit, Nicola, did you understand what he said? I was a little bit confused. I, mean, I think he felt I, I ought to mention it, but I wasn't quite sure we got any clear of what Labour's position was. Is that mm, fair? I think that's probably a fair assessment. I think we're being nice to Europe. I think that was his that's good. his line. Um, he he managed to accuse the Tories of being unclear while, while being very unclear himself. So I, I don't think anyone's particularly, uh, you know, any, any the wiser on, on what the position is um, on Brexit, but it, he's been playing a difficult game, the whole of the Labour Party has, because they know it's such a divisive issue, um, and obviously we didn't see a debate on that issue on the conference floor. It was a motion proposed by lots of CLPs, but it, it never made it. Yeah, they, they, they wanted us to have say we're permanently going to stay in the single market, and the leadership closed it down. And yeah. the, well, the members didn't vote for it in the end. I know there's arm twisting, uh, <laughs> and the, this conference, in many ways, is as controlled as any in the Blair area. Well, just do it in a one way. former Blairite minister was praising them, saying, "I haven't seen such good control since the highlight of Blair," and was was quite <laughs> impressed yeah. that they could do it too. I think also there was, a, <laughs> there was a kind of collective decision that this would be this kind of healing process for the party. Everyone. 
the election you know, proved that Corbyn could win seats that they didn't expect him to win and do better. He silenced some of his critics, but also a lot of the more moderate, if you, if you like, wing of the party. Militant moderates. <laughs> yeah, who um, have realised that, that, that the party is not necessarily with them anymore and they've got to kind of... Shut up. And isn't, he, isn't, he, isn't he stumbling towards Brexit? He doesn't really want to say it. Mm. Doesn't want, because then you inflame your your opponents. Rather like John McDonnell, the Shadow Chancellor, in the week talking about the transition period. We could be four years, Tories too. Mm. Labour four, you just kick the can down the road as far as you can. And also they are still very worried. They've got a lot of seats where the majority of yep. their supporters <laughs> voted leave. And they don't do anything. Labour have the most... You know, the most Fervent remain seats in the most passionate leave, and that is that is a, a problem. I don't know how they're ever going to bridge. Yeah, he well. did say in the speech, didn't he, that, that Labour's the only party that can attract both Remainers and Leavers. Who are the <laughs> we're the only party to <laughs> unite on Brexit, unite the country on Brexit. Like, well, because the, the country's as divided we're, as we're, we are as a party, push. essentially. Yeah. We'll put that one down as bold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you wouldn't like to that on any other policy. Yeah. You wouldn't say, oh, for the NHS yeah. and against the NHS. <laughs> <laughs> for a minimum wage against a minimum wage. <laughs> I'd like to talk a little bit about the atmosphere conversation. because it's quite unusual. But just, just briefly, do you think he did the job today in his speech, Jen, very quickly? Do I think he did a good job in did his he, speech? Yeah, did he do the job he needed to do, was it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, um, he proved that he is in charge now. Um, and he was, I mean, he, to be fair, he was received deliriously last year as well. But... Um, He's in charge now, and I think he showed that. I think the speech was a bit long and waffly, but I don't think it really matters. That's very Corbyn, though. I mean, yeah. the one thing about Jeremy, yeah. he's always true yeah. to himself. Yeah, exactly. well, Nicola, if I quickly want to speak before we move on to the highlights of this week. Uh, yeah, I think um, it was definitely too long. I think that's fair to say. Um, but he did. He looked like he was he was in control, and he looked like he was actually enjoying it, which does make a difference. That's a key yeah. point. Yes, he does. Yeah, he was ad libbing. Uh, you don't think it's too long? Like you're churlish. He's waited sixty eight. <laughs> 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 Seventy five minutes. <laughs> be a long time coming. Yeah, I mean, he could have said, and another thing. <laughs> but, he, but, he, but he rained so far and well, wide. Well, yeah, yeah. out. Actually, he's done longer speeches and number of words. He's just he wasn't gabbling his way through them this time, yeah, which is yeah. uh, which again is more confident. He's improved his delivery through. a lot, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. Now, his confidence. I, I I've been covering confidence all in this as many years as Kevin, and this is the most unusual one I've ever been to. In terms of, I've never seen so many young people here. Mm-hmm. It's got a, it seems kind of more mixed in terms of the people attending. It's much more with the hands of the, the activists than mm-hmm. it is in the politicians. Uh, and it's kind of, you know, it's got a kind of slight feel of Glastonbury, a slight feel of a, a kind of Waterloo Road. It's got a slight feel of kind of kind of Westminster. It's it's quite unusual, isn't it? Can you remember one like it, Kevin? No, I remember enthusiasm, but you'd have to go back to '97 when Labour actually won an yeah. election for that. But it's become a political festival. It yes. is a left-wing political festival with with all the fringe meetings, both in the secure zone where you need a pass and outside, and people just flock to it now. And you're right, there are, it's younger. Uh, there are far more women. I was at a meeting, there must have been 400 people there. They said, who's ever been to a Labour conference before? Half the people there put up their hands. Mm. And that, that's got to be good for politics. And, and I think all politicians always say they want more people engaged. I think if you're a Tory, you just probably don't want them engaged with Labour in this way. And, uh, and it's quite a boast you can make now that not only is Labour the biggest political party in, uh, in Western Europe, with 569,000 members, 
It's now bigger, it's twice as big as all the other parties put together, the Tories, Libs, Greens, mm. SNP, Ply, the lot. I mean, that is incredible, that is a movement. Mm. Jen, you're, you've done conferences before as well, so what did you think of this one? Um, well, I th last year's was particularly bad for, for me, it was just kind of funereal. <laughs> I think, you know, Corbyn won again, and then, you know, all of the moderate people were still there, but just kind of despairing, and it felt kind of quite purposeless. So I think the contrast couldn't be more to last year. You know, it feels it feels like a kind of feels like a different party almost. It does. It's yeah. Completely transformed. And yeah. Nicholas, is, is this your first conference? This is the first conference. And what did you think of conference? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's um, nothing. It's like nothing else we've been to before. I think my biggest kind of observation would be that because you've got these young people and these people who are new to the party, they don't sort of just follow the rules blindly they're questioning everything they're saying people are saying well like a lot of political parties people in the Labour party will say well this is this is how these things work this is how conference works you know this is the people that you you're part of so you kind of vote with them and this is how it works and they're not having any of that they've got their own fringes they've set up ideas that you know they're approaching you know important people in the party to talk to them and have a chat and um, the energy is just incredible. Okay. If you paid to come, if you weren't paid to be here? Hundreds and what is it? <laughs> it is pricey. It is, it's pricey, it is pricey. Very quickly, key, key highlighting of your week here, Kevin. And oh, all right, I thought Tom Watson, the deputy, and Sadiq Khan, the London mayor, making their peace with Corbyn after they were his uh, opponents. But I think it's the rise of Angela Rayner, oh, the yeah. shadow education secretary from the School of Hard Knocks. Not only is she beginning to get huge applause in the hall, yeah. and she did it during Corbyn's speech, on TV now, she's really, really good. Yeah, they can I'm chuck anything at her, all the problems, and she just bats it away, answers the question, but doesn't get Yeah, the, she's, uh, she's definitely one we're watching. We were very impressed, watch. very impressed. Quickly, Nicola, your, your highlight? Um, unfortunately, Kevin's taken my, my top highlight, which was definitely Angela as well. Um, I think it's just the, the general general atmosphere really um, and the energy around the place and uh, the buzz basically yeah I would have gone with Angela as well I think she's I, I mean I know it sounds like I'm, co I'm copying um, but it's true and it's funny it was interesting actually reading her speech as well as watching her she's good at delivering it but the actual speech was good as well like she she knows what she's doing she's a pretty sharp operator I think yeah yours what's yours my heart, actually, it was just the young people. Mm. I kind of, I, I noticed that it's, it wasn't so much like that, but I liked the fact we had trans people on stage, which you're just yeah. never going to see yeah. in the Tories. I liked the fact you had people with dyed hair yeah. springing up. I liked that there was a, a, a speaker called Lauren Sox who gave, spoke about education with real, she was about 16, 17, I have no idea how old she is, but real passion. Mm. And I thought, this is fun, this is different. It's breaking the mould. People who didn't have a voice before have got a voice. So it's yeah. a slightly blurry highlight. It is, but all of a sudden the Labour Party looks like Britain. Yeah. It looks like modern Britain in all of its diversity and, and glorious it, uh, I was going to say, the, the big thing is next week we're yeah. all going to Manchester for a Tory conference. They've got 100,000 members. The average age is 72. And we're going to see <laughs> a party <laughs> which is on the rise against a party which is on decline. It's going to be fascinating. Well, a lot of these guys will be outside the conference 
zone shouting. So no, that's just me and Kevin. Well, yeah. <laughs> the last time I was at the Tory conference in Manchester, somebody shouted Tory scummers. Yeah. Me. Oh, yeah. 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 Some, somebody yeah. told me to go back Sorry to about Eton. That, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll keep doing no, Twitter. No, no, no. I'll do talking, but we will be back at the Conservative Party conference where we're, we were doing another podcast after Theresa May's speech. I can't promise it's the same lineup, but we're. We're definitely doing one. My name is Jason Beatty. You can follow me at Twitter at jbeattymirror. Jen's on Twitter on... Jen Williams, M-E-N. Um, on Nicola R. Bartlett. Kevin underscore Maguire, M-E-G-U-I-R-E. And don't forget all the latest politics news is on our website. I always get this wrong. It's www.mirror.co.uk forward slash politics. Thank you for listening.